Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Oh, God is so good. Well, I'm excited today. God was actually highlighting some fresh stuff, so I, I apologize to the production team, but I may throw a couple curveballs at you on some verses. But what I want to start with, um, if you've got your Bibles or you got your Bible app, I want to dive into Philippians 2, and I want to encourage you after this, when you go home, I'm going to give you a little homework, but I really want to encourage you to read this entire chapter, because what this is talking about is imitating Christ's humility and really getting the understanding. Paul is speaking to the people in Philippia, just really about how to be united with each other, how to be united with Christ. And what he's really preying on is that community just being united under what God's trying to do. Because where there is unity, that's where God can command a blessing, right? Come on, let's go. So I'm going to start in verse one. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing, someone say nothing. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking out to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. How powerful is that? Come on. And if you continue to read in that chapter, it's going to allow you to understand what the mindset Christ had. And that's going to equip you. That's going to empower you. That's going to allow you to live out a life worthy of the call, right? So that's your homework today. Okay, cool. But what I really love that Paul's really trying to press in is just this united spirit. Everyone united in living that path of love living and being the light, shining and carrying that light, not grumbling with one another, but actually serving one another. Because as we serve one another, we actually serve the kingdom of God. We start to build the kingdom of God up. And I've been praying heavily and really something that God's been revealing to me in this season, and I think it's so powerful with it being Connect Sunday, that this season that we're in right now, it's really a season, prophetically I feel, to know and a season to grow. It's a season to know your tribe. It's a season to know those people that are going to have your back come hell or high water. Whatever may come, who are those people that are actually going to believe in you and help you get through whatever that mess is that we're walking through? So we need to know our tribe. We need to know our why. We actually need to know our purpose in this time. We need to know why we're here on this earth. That way we can experience that life that we're called to and really be able to be the light in this dark world. We need to know what that is. We need to hang on to what that is, and we need to continue to cultivate what that why is and how we can achieve that with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we need to know our guide. We need to know God deeper. We need to know him. We, it's all God wants for us at the core of it is intimacy with us, to be known and to know him, to be able to develop that relationship with him. And the way we do that is to connect with him. And then we also, in this season of growth, I really feel it's time to grow in wisdom. How good was Pastor Samuel's word in Proverbs right there? 
Proverbs is the book of wisdom. So if you don't know how to grow in wisdom, just start reading Proverbs. Do the flip. Do the eyes shut flip, hit a note, and boom. It'll unlock something new in you every time. I guarantee it, because I've done the same thing. It's kind of like a fun blindfold test. We can grow in grace in this season. God's grace is the empowerment we have to be able to live out what we're called to. It says his grace is sufficient for us, for we are weak. Where we are weak, he is strong. So let's grow in understanding of his grace to empower us. And let's grow in courage to run the race. Let's be a little more bold. Let's be a little more courageous in this time. See, knowing our tribe is important. It's important to know that who's going to be with you, who's got you, who wants the best for you, and who can hold you accountable. See, Proverbs 27, 6 says that faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. What do we want? Do we want more likes on Instagram, or do we want the people that are telling us, hey, your life looks cool as a highlight reel, but it's not real? You're living a lie with yourself. Yeah? Come on. We need those people, and that's why connect groups are so important. But if you show up to a connect group, because this can happen, but you're not willing to get raw, you're not willing to get real, you're not willing to let people know who you are and what you're walking through, you're not going to be connected at all. Really reflecting on what connecting means, and I want to tie this into just different areas of our life that I think we need to be connected in. And one of those things is connecting on the moment. Connecting in moments, because when we're present in the moment, you connect to that moment and you create a memory. As an action sports athlete and a pro skateboarder, the times I'm the most fluid and the thing I strive for every time is when my skateboard is an extension of my creativity and what God's put in my mind. But if I'm disconnected thinking about other things and not present in the moment, it's hard for me to be fluid. It's hard for me to be in that flow state. It's hard for me to activate at my highest potential. But when I'm connected to it, man, things are crazy. It just works. Like there's times that I'm not forcing. I'm just all in this flow, and that's what I strive for. But I have to be mindful. I have to be intentional about coming back and trusting God in that. So that when I'm present in that moment, I can connect to that moment and I can do things that no one else has ever done. And then when we're present with people, we connect with people and we build a family. We build relationships. We build businesses. We take territory for the kingdom. We build these partnerships by being connected to people. Same when I'm connected with my wife. I'm present with her. I can connect to her. I can understand what she wants out of our relationship. I can understand what she wants for our family. I can understand what she needs out of me. And it unlocks this intimacy, and it's the same with God. When we are present with God, we connect with God, and then we can live out a legacy. We can truly live, like I was talking about, that life that's worthy of the call. I think the best way we can honor him is to do that, to live a life worthy of the call. So asking him, God, what is that call that I'm worthy of? But then putting yourself in a position to be connected to people that are going to pull that out of you, that are going to hold you accountable, that's going to be that tribe that's going to walk with you and dare to believe in you in that time, in that season, even when you don't see how it could be possible. So my question for you is in this season is how deep will you actually go to know? How deep are you willing to go with people to know who they are? To actually know someone means, means to know the good, the bad, and the rad. Come on. <laughs> it gives you just deeper appreciations for people because you see where they are, what they've gone through, and where they're at now, and where God's calling them to come. 
where God's calling them to be. And you allow yourself to be shaped and molded and challenge one another. Iron sharpens iron. There's going to be some sparks that take place, but what that's going to produce is a sharp edge that's able to slice through whatever the enemy's trying to throw at you. And that's something that's really exciting. And so I just want to encourage you in this time not to put on that front, not to show up in a connect group or even show up here to church, but not be fully involved, not be fully present. Allow yourself to go deeper this year. Allow yourself to know yourself deeper. Be honest with you. Be honest with God. God's not going to be able to transform you if you're not able to be real with him and let him know what needs transforming. And that's why community is so important because we need people to speak into our lives. And if you think, well, you know, I just don't really have any friends, I want to encourage you, the best way to have a friend is to be a friend. That's how you show up to a connect group and build community is to start being a friend. Be someone that's honest. What would you value in a friendship? Become that person. As you sow, you will reap. And if you want to reap good friends, if you want to reap good community, like Jesus said in Luke 6, 31, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So be that friend that you're believing for. Be that friend to other people, and you're going to see those people start coming around and being in your corner, being friends of integrity, friends of honesty, friends of faithfulness, friends that want to see you and challenge you and equip and empower you. That's what it's all about. I'm so excited for this new season, and um, I want to speak on this verse real quick because I think this sums up a connect group in its entirety. It's in Hebrews 10, verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging, someone say encouraging, encouraging one another all the more as you see the approaching, as you see the day approaching. In this season, the day is approaching. There's so much chaos. There's so much confusion. There's so much darkness trying to oppress the world right now. And this is what Paul is saying here, that we need to consider how we might spur one another on, how we might encourage one another as we see that day approaching, to continue to be faithful to the call, even though there's times that are going to make you stumble, times that are going to make you want to fall. You've got to continue to rise up, have that community around you that's going to encourage you, hey, keep going, keep going. In this life, one of the things we can be sure of, things are constantly going to go down. We live in a fallen world. Things happen, experiences. Our own choices sometimes put us in a pit, but other times things that we could have never expected just slap us in the face and we wonder, how are we going to get out of this? But what I love about encouragement, it's a gift we can give to lift people up when those things go down. Things are going to continue to go down, but who are you going to have that's lifting you up out of that? Who are you going to have that you can lift someone out of whatever they're going through? Be that person that's willing to give the gift of encouragement. Right now, there's no lack of it. There's a massive influx of discouragement in the world. You can scroll your social media. You can just drive down the road. I mean, we got rain here. That's enough to be discouraged about, right? But I'm thankful we all showed up today to have an encounter, to connect with God but also connect with one another and be that voice to encourage one another. That's why I love showing up to men's prayer. That's why I love showing up to Wednesday nights. That's why I'm excited to start hosting a connect group with my wife so we can be a voice. Come on. Yeah, check us out. Sign on up. We'll be hanging out in the backyard. You might have to start doing backflips or something cool, I'm just going to say. Or an ice bath. That's why Pastor Sam still hasn't come over yet. (laughs) 
but it's exciting. And if we really want to know ourselves deeper, we got to be willing to grow with one another. We got to be willing to be shaped, to be molded, to connect, and uh, just continue to press in, press on, and know that you belong here. Know that you are welcome here as you are. No matter the shame, no matter the pain, no matter the faults or mistakes or the things that you're trying to work out, just like they said, don't wait and try and get clean before you jump into a connect group. Come as you are. And let's let us walk through it together. We're all stepping in dirt, but some of us just learn to kick it off a little bit quicker than others, right? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, come on. Let's go. And speaking on this unity, I really wanted to kind of close with this verse where Jesus prays for all believers. This is found in John chapter 17, verse 20. And this is what Jesus was really praying. He was praying for this unity. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. See, when we're in unity, when we're of one accord, when we're of one spirit and operating in the love and the power and the presence of God, it's attractive to the world. The world might believe because they see how we operate, that we're able to be of one accord and one agenda, which is the true agenda of Christ. That's what unlocks and allows us to shine that light even brighter. I have given them the glory that you give me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me. If our, if our call and commission is to go and make disciples, then if we're together working as one, that's going to allow the world to see what God is doing. Father, I want those that you have given me to be with me wherever I am and to see my glory and the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that my, I myself may be in them. Where two or more are gathered, there he is in their midst. And Jesus is calling for us to be united as a church this year. And so I want to encourage you. This is the season absolutely of 2020 more. Does anyone believe that? But let's also let it be the year where we dare to become more. If we want to receive more, we got to give more. We got to become more connected, more honest, more vulnerable, more disciplined, more bold, more courageous, more generous, more involved, more committed, more sincere, more true, more bold, more you. Come on, somebody. Woo! And I think that as we continue to do that, we're going to see more of the fruits of the Spirit flowing out of this church and in our lives. More love, more peace, more patience, more joy, more kindness, more self-control, more faithfulness. And how about some more of the way, the truth, and the life? A whole lot more of Jesus Christ. Come on. Let's go. Thank you. Woo! Come on. Oh, thank you. God bless you guys. I hope that encouraged you. I am so excited to bring up Ashley Spear. About to bring the house down. All right. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. What I realized 
that Beaver can get away with that maybe I can't is saying the word rad. It works for Beaver. I don't know if it works in my message, but I'll try and fit it in. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, not in context, though, you know, let's go. But um, good morning, everyone. Zach, my husband, and I, we live up in the mountains on seven acres in Escondido. And we have four and a half acres of eucalyptus. We have avocado trees. We have cactus that have fruit that we can actually eat. Um, we have citrus trees. Like, it's totally different than our suburban Carlsbad house uh, right before this. But when we moved in, right outside our front door was this huge lemon tree. And when it was in season, it was overflowing with lemons. And I was bringing them to church, actually, to cafe to like give them away to people because we had so many. But last year at this time, when we had all those crazy rainstorms, after one of them, we went outside, and half the roots of this lemon tree were out of the ground. So we called the guys that take care of the eucalyptus for us. And I said, hey, can you guys come tie this thing down? Can you replant it? I love this lemon tree. And so a few days later, they came out to replant it. And I went out later that day, and I looked out our door, and our lemon tree was gone. And I was like, oh my gosh. I started calling them. I'm like, what was lost in translation? You were supposed to replant my tree, not take it away. And nothing was lost in translation. But what happened is, when they went to replant the tree, they realized that before the storm, gophers had been underneath the ground, and they had been eating away at the roots. And that it, it blew over during the storm because there were no roots to hold it in place, and they couldn't actually replant the tree. And because the tree had no roots that could be replanted, the, the tree wasn't going to produce any more fruit for us. And so they took it away. And what I realized is that if we want relational fruit in our life, we have to be rooted wow. in community. And if we're not rooted in community, then we're not going to see that fruit in our life that we want. And... I think it's so important that if community and connection is so important to us, what, what keeps us from community? And it's known that as humans, we, conscious, we subconsciously, we unconsciously do things to sabotage the things that we actually want in our life. That's where the term self-sabotage comes from. And um, if we go a layer deeper, I actually think that we do this in community. We, we have community sabotage in our life that keeps us from that community and friends and family that we actually want. And I'm not going to go into all the reasons why we do this, but there is a, a guy, Ed Milet, in the business and mindset space, and he says that maybe we self-sabotage because it allows us to predict what is going to happen and gives us an illusion of self-control. It allows our lives to become predictable. And so as I was thinking about this, I was like, I think that there's three areas in our lives that I've seen, that I've gone through, that put us in this area of community sabotage. And so the first community sabotage I'm calling uh, is that we focus on the past. And in Genesis chapter 19, we see the story of Lot. Two angels come to Lot's home. They come into his house and they say, hey, you need to take your family and you need to leave Sodom. The Lord has sent us here to destroy it. And so Lot grabs his two daughters, his wife, and they leave. And in verse 17, it says, So it came to pass, when they had brought them outside, that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest you be destroyed. 
less than 10 verses later, in verse 26, we see it says, but his wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And so here the Lord demonstrates a pretty intense example of what it looks like when we look back, when we look into our past, when he has called us to move forward. And so in February of 2018, Zach, my husband, and I, we left a network marketing company that we had been a part of. He was a part of it for 10 years. I was doing it with him for three. And when we were in this company, this team was, they were like our family. We probably spent on average 30 hours a week physically with them, let alone all the other communication that was happening. And when we got married, I would say 90% of our friends that were at our wedding were all people from this team. And there was a gal on our team named Caitlin, and Caitlin had been my roommate for four years before Zach and I got married. And um, she was like a sister to me. I was kind of like a mentor to her. I was a little bit older. I would say we were probably one of each other's best friends. But you see, in the culture of this team, it was great, but there were some little messed up thought process. And part of it thought, if you're no longer in our ecosystem, you really don't have any value to add to the end goal that we are all trying to accomplish. And so Zach and I left because we no longer aligned with their tactics of how they were building. There was no falling out, there was no drama, like there was no big thing. It was just like, hey, this one thing doesn't align with us anymore and we're gonna go um, accomplish our goals in a different way. But because of the, that belief system, all those relationships ended in an instant. And it was devastating. I cried for months. Um, I didn't think I would get emotional. Um, I cried for months. You know, Caitlin, it just it wrecked me. She was my best friend. And, oh, thank you. Um, but, you know, and it was like, I, I, I've barely talked to her since then, but you get it. And, um, you know, during that time, I had every fleshly right to walk away and say, wow, people are selfish. Wow, people only want to be my friend if I help them meet their end goal. And I'm not going to say that I didn't think that for a little while, but what I realized is that if I wanted new relational fruit in my life, that I had to get planted in community, and I had to stop looking in my past, and that I don't know what it is for you. I don't know if it's betrayal, or if it's hurt, or what it is, but I do know that the Lord is calling us to not be like Lot's wife, to not be looking back and yearning for what could have been or what was. The Lord says that I have plans to give you hope and a future. He doesn't say that I have plans to give you hope about your past. And so whatever it is, he's calling us forward in that today. Community sabotage number two, less emotional. <laughs> is that we are two on the go. Um, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a very doing home. Like we were always on the go. We had no individual downtime. We had no family downtime. We had no time to evaluate really what we were doing in our life. But, um, and what I realized 
even subconsciously at a young age, is that when we're on the go, a lot of times our actions don't line up with the actual desires of our heart. In Psalms 37, 4, God says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But to receive those desires, we have to actually know them. And so I try to ask myself frequently, Lord, what are the desires of my heart? And am I actually making decisions that are in alignment with those desires? Because growing up, I desired connection. I desired creativity. But sports were really pushed in my home, and I worked very hard at them, and I did well. And so our time became spent traveling and playing and practicing and all these things that kept us in this cycle of always being on the go. And connection was sacrificed because of that. Connection was sacrificed in the name of getting things done. being on the move. And can I be real? Can we all be real today? (laughs) Like, we live in a pretty on-the-go world. It's actually celebrated. The more on-the-go you are, most likely the more successful you are, I think people think. But if most of us desire connection, most of us desire to be not alone, and let's say we all have five to ten hours a week to connect with other people, I think a lot of times it's really easy that we can fall into these places of just burning those hours or misallocating them or putting them into things that don't actually deliver the fruit in our life that we want. Like, if we all just do a reality check together, like, how often on a Sunday do we go home and do we take a nap because we're so exhausted, we're so burnt out from all the things that we've been doing all week. And it's not that naps are wrong, but like, what if that nap's keeping us from a connect group? And if it's keeping us from a connect group, some things might be misprioritized in our week because we're so exhausted, we need to take a nap instead of go be with community and be with friends. Or Maybe it's the football game's on, or the golf tournament, or the baseball game, or whatever it is on the weekend or on a weekly night, and we're like, I can't miss that, so so sorry, I'm going to have to cancel Connect, or I'm not going to be able to make it to Connect today, because Paul's watching golf, I don't know. I don't know if Paul's watching golf or not, but he might be. Uh, (laughs) Paul can handle it, Paul can handle it. Uh, (laughs) But it's another one of those things where are we... Are our actions lining up with what we're actually desiring deeper down? Or maybe we're just overwhelmed by one more thing on the calendar. And we just can't put one more thing on the calendar. But have we actually done a calendar audit? And have we actually said, hey, what things um, are these all these things on my calendar actually producing fruit in my life? And which ones aren't and which one can go to make room for connect? You know, it might not be popular, but Zach and I haven't had a TV, personally, for over five years. And, um, and we're, we're very rarely on social media. And I don't say that to brag. I say that because we have really deep connections in our life, and we have a lot of them. And it creates a lot of margin in our life because we're aligning our actions with the things that we actually desire. And so if you're super on the go, it's okay. It's all right. There's always time to slow down. And what I would say, the people in our connect group that are the most consistent, their lives are not perfect, but they have the biggest growth of anyone because they consistently show up week after week and let us dive into the hard things together and let us celebrate their wins and there is fruit from it. 
All right, community sabotage number three. I like, this is my favorite. False perceptions. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Last weekend, uh, Zach and I were in Cabo at uh, a business mastermind with 100 other Christian businessmen and women. And um, in this mastermind, every six months, we're put into pods, and these pods have six, they're like a small group. It's like a connect. It's like six to eight people that we do life with for the next six months. And while we were in Cabo, we met with our new pods. We had lunch. We connected. We got to know one another if we didn't already. It was a beautiful time. And our friend Kristen, she's leading one of these pods. And before her lunch was over, she looked at her group and she said, hey, when I got my list of names, I saw two names on the list and I was really triggered. And she looked at one of the girls and she said, you're hot and I have mean girl, mean girl wounds and so I believe that I can't trust you. And she looked at the other one and she said, you were in a mastermind that I was in before, it was unhealthy, it was not safe and so I don't think that I can trust you either. And within a few moments, the first girl said, guess what, I grew up tall, smart, bright red hair. I was viciously made fun of, and I had no girlfriends. And so the interesting thing is, is that I'm so proud of Kristen for stepping up and actually saying what she felt in her heart because she knew deep down it was foolish. She knew deep down that it wasn't rooted in truth. And had she not done that, those relationships would have been deeply severed for the next six months. Connection would have been hurt because there would have been these untold false perceptions hiding and buried inside of her heart. And so I don't know what it is for you, but I do know that this happens in church. It happens in life. You know, what? I don't know what keeps you from a connect group or keeps you from bef befriending somebody. Maybe it's like, hey, they're the pretty girl, so they must be mean. For guys, maybe it's like, he's, he's the buff guy. He must be a bro, you know? Or maybe it's, they're too successful. What, what do I have to offer them? Or maybe it's, they're the cool kids. They're in the cool group. They already have enough friends. They don't need more friends. They don't need me to be a part of their life. But what I do know is that I yet have not met a mean girl here at Bressy. I do know that the Hepners, the Smiths, the Gonzaleses, a lot of people are successful in this church. And I have never felt less than when I have been around them. And people want to be our friends. Our people are good people. But we have to give them the opportunity to create a reality instead of a perception or a belief that we've created from afar. Whoops. And so with that, I ask all of us to make a commitment to end community sabotage. Let's stop focusing on the past. Let's stop misaligning our priorities. Let's stop believing those false perceptions as if they are true. Our friend and pastor, Daniel Grothy, he says that true riches are found when people commit their lives to one another, when people do the hard work in community. 
So just like we talked about the lemon tree at the beginning, where there is community, there is relational fruit. But we have to take the step forward and make that happen. We have to take the step forward and make the decision, take the action to join community. So we're going to go into prayer and um, close it out. But God, we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God. God, we cancel any of these community sabotage buckets that we could have fallen into, God. We declare that we are not like Lot, God. We are not focused on the past. We are not looking back and yearning for what could have been that we are aligning our priorities with the desires of our heart, with the desires of your heart, God. You created us to be in community. You created the garden. You, you had 12 disciples, God. You call us into community, God. So we just thank you for freedom in this area, God. Freedom for friendship, freedom to be a part of family. God, and that you would just lead us to the right group that you have destined for us, that you would go before us, that you would create a way, that you would make our crooked path straight, that you would put the right people around us to do life with, in Jesus' name. And um, I'm going <laughs> to... And if there's anyone here, we don't want to leave without this moment. If there's anyone here that has not accepted Christ into their heart before, we want to take an opportunity to allow you to do that. Or maybe you accepted Christ into your heart into the pa in the past, but life has just become life and you've walked away from walking with the Lord and you want to re-invite the Lord to come back and take control in your life. We want to do that with you. So if that's you, if you could just raise your hand, we want to come alongside you. We want to pray with you and we want to do life with you. You know, maybe you're like me. Maybe over 10 years ago, I rededicated my life to the Lord because I loved the Lord. I knew who he was, but I was making decisions and living in a way that was not in alignment. And I knew it was me when I was sitting in the audience because I was uneasy. I felt funny in my stomach. I was like, why can't I sit still? So if that's you, we just say, raise your hand. We want to pray with you. We see you. We want to do life with you. We see you. That's so good. Thank you. So God, we just, if we could all just stand and pray together with those, with those people, God. Or thank you, Lord. God, we just... We thank you, Lord. God, we, we know that we are sinners, God. We know that we are in need of forgiveness from you. God, we thank you. We believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay for our sins and he rose him from the dead, God. We believe that. So we just pray that, Jesus, that you would come into our hearts, that you would take control, that you would lead us from this day forward. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.